Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today we're talking excessive pass-through charges, something that can have a big impact on prime contractors. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Check out skywayacq.com for more, and let's get started. The bar is so full of interesting nuggets, and I get a little crazy even thinking that, but this topic today is one of those nuggets. The limitations on pass-through charges clause is a great example of a clause that was created as a result of a contractor or contractors doing something that the government didn't like. In this case, it's getting paid too too much, in air quotes, for doing not much, for not providing really any value. And we talked about that before, Kevin. The FAR is full of clauses for two things. When contractors do something that the government doesn't like, they create a clause so that can't happen again. And the rest of it is full of uh, politically motivated. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but mo- most everything in the FAR fits into one of those two buckets. Yeah. It's, it's important to note this is not a new clause, but it was updated as recently as June 2020. So that means to me that contractors must still be stepping on this live wire issue. We'll dissect this clause and explain why it's fairly easy to stay in compliance with it if you know what's actually in it. Yeah. Before we get into that, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to our podcast listeners who have been helping us creep toward our millionth download. And the fact that we're coming up on that is thanks to all of you liking and sharing our content. So if you've been listening since the beginning or even recently, and you're sharing our podcast episodes with other people, you're helping us get ever so close to our millionth download. That is a big number. And one that we can't can't say that we thought we'd ever see. I remember when ten thousand was was oh my gosh, ten thousand downloads. That's a big number. <laughs> All right, back to the topic. FAR fifty two two fifteen dash twenty three is limitations on pass through charges. Like you said, updated in June of twenty twenty. And it says straight up, the government will not pay excessive pass-through charges. The contracting officer shall determine if excessive pass-through charges exist. That sounds easy. (laughs) Oh, okay. But there's actually a a, a lot more uh, of the context in this clause. This is just the meat of it. It says contracting officer shall determine if these pass-through charges exist, excessive pass-through charges exist. When we're talking about pass-through charges, what we're talking about is there's a prime contractor and they have subcontractors. The subcontractors are doing the work and the prime contractor is billing the government for that work and putting charges on top of it. So we're talking indirect costs like general and administrative G&A costs that prime contractors may apply to their subcontract costs. And we're talking about profit on top of those subcontract costs. The key is whether or not the prime is adding value. And the clause actually defines added value. It means that the contractor performs subcontract management functions that the contracting officer determines are a benefit to the government. And there's there's a range there of what is beneficial, what may be considered beneficial, and what may not be. An excessive pass-through charge, per the clause, means a charge to the government by a contractor or subs 
for, for the indirect costs or profit and fee applied to subcontractor costs when the prime adds no or negligible value to that subcontract. So we're not talking about the, the cost of actually managing the subcontracts. We're talking about purely, I'm going to take your bill, slap a little more on it, and bill it to the government. Right? And no or negligible value is defined in the, the FAR as well. It means that a contractor or subcontractor cannot demonstrate to the contracting officer that its effort added value to the contractor or subcontract in accomplishing the work performed under the contract, including task or delivery orders. And we'll talk about why that's important in a minute. Yeah, it's really interesting that it specifically says no or negligible value. And that language is right out of the FAR. And, and the contracting officer needs to have some justification from the contractor if they feel like there's no value. Yeah, this clause applies just about everywhere. In civilian agencies, if the total contract or order value is over the simplified acquisition threshold and it's a cost reimbursement contract, clause applies. In the Department of Defense, if the contract or order value is over the threshold for obtaining cost or pricing data, which is pretty high. Yes, I believe it's $2 million. Yeah, $2 million right now. And if the contract type is expected to be a cost type contract or a sole source fixed price contract. Essentially, there's, there's nuances here, but for the most part, if you have a cost type contract over the threshold for obtaining cost or pricing data in the DOD, then you're going to deal with this excessive pass-through limitation on excessive pass-through charges clause. And then just in case <laughs> the contracting officer needed to apply it somewhere, there's actually a catch-all element of this clause in the 15408N2I says the clause may be used when the total estimated contractor order value is below these thresholds for any contract type, and wait for it, when the contracting officer determines the inclusion of the clause is appropriate. In other words, the contracting officer says, you know, this type of acquisition seems ripe for issues with excessive pass-through, so I'm going to stick this clause in there. Yep. You know this is in a complicated part of the FAR when you see a subparagraph N- to I like that's way down there. That's tons, of, tons of subparagraphs under 15408. Yeah. All right. I mean, there's an A, B, C all the way up to right. M before we got. And right. that's a really good point. Right. Distracted. Back to it. What does this clause require? It says the contractor shall notify the contracting officer in writing if you change the amount of subcontracted effort after the contract award, such that it exceeds 70% of the total cost of work to be performed. And when you notify, you have to verify, you have to justify how you're still providing value if subcontractors are now doing over 70% of the total cost of work performed. And speaking of things that the contractor must have done, which is why it ended up in the clause, right. this is an example of that. Is that if you bait and switch the, the government and say, hey, I'm going to do most of this work, and then all of a sudden you're, you're doing less than, in this case, 30% of the work, you have to justify why. What value are you bringing? And that sounds really harsh to say it that way, but that's, that's, really, that, that's exactly what the clause says. Right. If, if you're the prime and subcontractors are doing over 70% of the work, why wouldn't they just award to the subcontractor? That, that's what it starts to be. But you're right. This is a case where if you propose that upfront. They would analyze your costs during the selection process 
and decide, hey, this prime really isn't adding any value. We're not going to award to this one. We'll pick somebody else. This, this clause is here to catch the case where the proposal says, oh, don't worry, we're going to do this work as a prime. And then after award, they switch it around and end up giving it all to subs. Somebody was very angry for this to get all the way into the FAR. Yes, with, with such direct language in it as well. The clause also allows for recovery of excessive pass-through charges. If the contracting officer determines that excessive pass-through charges exist for cost-type contracts, for non-fixed-price contracts, excessive pass-through charges are unallowable. If you're in DOD and you happen to have a fixed-price contract where this clause applies, then the government is entitled to a price reduction for the amount of the excessive pass-through charges. So, so they're taking it seriously. The clause also makes sure that this is flowed down through your subcontracts. It, it's required that the contractor shall insert the substance of this clause in all cost reimbursement subcontracts under the contract that are that are over the, the thresholds. This makes sure that you don't have layers of excessive pass-through charges down through your team performing the work. Let's link this to the acquisition time zones and the execution time zones. When are you concerned? When are you thinking about this clause and excessive pass-through charges? During the acquisition time zones, the market research zone is when you're looking to see, hey, are there prime contractors that can do this work or will primes need to have a ton of subs in order to accomplish it? Huh, we might need this clause. And during the RFP zone is where contractors are forming their teams and figuring out, hey, can we perform this? What should we propose to make sure that we are still providing enough value and don't get caught up by this clause? During the execution time zones, the honeymoon zone will be the first place we'll we'll, we'll see if the bait and switch has happened, <laughs> uh, where the where the contractor is, is the prime contractor is proving they're doing this much of the work, and then throughout the performance zone, this clause is going to apply. Yeah. Is you know, is there an excessive pass through? This is where they have to notify if if the the amount of work performed by subs changes from what they proposed. If you're not familiar with the acquisition time zones, we explain those in episode number three. And we cover the execution time zones in episode number 84. All right, getting back to why does the government care about excessive pass-through charges? Well, if we just mentioned during the, the either of the execution time zones or the acquisition time zones, if you're worried about the prime contractor just passing through costs and not adding any value, then this clause is a big stick to, to do something about it. If there are, in fact, excessive pass-through charges, which the contracting officer and determine based on a lot of these things we talked about. Note that this doesn't actually apply in, mostly it does not apply in firm fixed price contracts. Where it does apply, remember that the term added value is a judgment call. So as a contracting officer, if if I willy-nilly say, eh, that doesn't add value, and I ding them for $100,000, Probably going to get a call from somebody, right? <laughs> so it's it's not a, it's not something you just just you know, swing a big stick around, but with with an in depth market research, when when you're trying to find companies that can do this work, you target companies that are going to be able to do the work and not pass through the subcontract charges. This shouldn't be that big of an issue. Remember, it's a stick to say this is the boundary contractor. <laughs> you can't just pass things through. For some requirements, there may be a lot of subcontractors. And here, government folks, you need to make sure that the prime is doing something other than just collecting invoices from the subcontractors, tacking on their GNA and fee, and then billing you. One place where this may come up 
is multiple award contracts, multiple award IDIQs, these big agency-wide contracts that are awarded to several very large primes who manage a pool of subs. They may have 40 or 50 subcontractors available because the scope required under the contract is so broad that no one company does it all. Right? This is a case where the prime may just be an intermediary to allow the subcontractors to, to get on contract for that requirement. They may not be doing much other than processing a subcontract and then passing the bill on to the government. This is where the government cares about it, right? It's okay for the prime to bill for their effort, the, the, the time and energy it takes them to manage the subcontractors. But should they make a ton of profit or pass through a ton of indirect costs for not really doing anything other than that, nothing related to the actual delivery of what's being delivered? It, to, uh, to your point on these large um, indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity contracts, there might be a requirement for a small business set aside, or sorry, small, small business subcontracting element. So of a, it's a billion dollar contract and they have to give 40% of that work to small businesses. Well, then by definition, you're going to have a lot of subs, Yeah. right? So th there is an example of, well, managing those subs to make sure they, we meet the subcontracting plan, that's a value-added exercise. Does it equate to five full-time employees? But it equates to something, right? So that definition of something has to be defined and de determined to be reasonable by the contracting officer under this clause. Industry folks, this clause is probably in your contracts. If you, if you have a cost reimbursable contract, if you have anything other than a fixed price contract, this clause is probably in there and you may not even notice it because it's going to be kind of hidden in the by reference section. <laughs> yep. Be prepared to justify the value you're adding and the pass-through charges that are applied to your subs. Some solicitations may even specify or, or cap the amount of indirect costs and fee that can be applied to subcontractor costs and billed to the government. I've seen that many times. Where this can really impact you is if you have a lot of subcontractors you may be in a situation where you bid a fair profit on the work that you're providing, the value you're adding. And just to illustrate, not saying this is fair, that fair is, is different in every deal, but <laughs> you may be able to bid and then bill 10% fee on your labor. But to avoid being caught up in excessive pass-through charges, you may have to bid a far lower fee for subcontracted work like maybe 1% or 2% profit on the subcontractor work. And what this means is your overall return, the margin, the profit on the program could be very low. If you have a $5 million contract and subcontractors are doing 80% of that work and you only get 1% or 2% return on that, your return for the program overall is going to be very low. And I know in the companies I worked for, you'd get questions like, why are we doing this work for such low return? Shouldn't we be doing something, applying our efforts somewhere else? Another thing to remember about this clause is it does not apply to large businesses only. It, it applies to contracts, and again, for the DOD, worth over $2 million. So if, you have a, if you're a small business with a sole source contract or a, a, a cost type contract, this is in there. So just because you're a small business doesn't mean you get a pass on this. And think about what it's designed for. It's, it's specifically designed to keep small businesses from being able to get a small business set aside and then outsource 95% of the work to a large company to get it done. Yeah. That's, so so let's clarify this. 
It's like we, we mentioned that it applies to the large IDIQs that are often done by large or mega yeah. sized companies, but it also applies to small companies. If you, have a, if you have a cost type contract, look for this clause in your contract. All right, let's wrap it up. On the government side, this is protection against overpaying for work that doesn't add value, in quotes, to the solution that you're actually buying. It's a tool for open communication, too. This gives the contracting officer or the government leverage to better understand the value the prime contractor is bringing to the actual effort. If there's little value, then maybe the sub should be the prime contractor, or at least you have the ability to talk to the prime about, you shouldn't be making 15% profit on this. This is something you're not adding a lot of value to. This gives you that leverage to have the conversation. In industry, folks, if you're reliant on subcontractors to deliver whatever the contract is for, be sure you can clearly demonstrate what value you bring to the arrangement so that you don't get on the wrong side of this clause or so that the government doesn't decide, why do we have this prime anyway? They're not doing anything. Yeah, why are you here? That, that's, <laughs> a, that's a really awkward conversation. <laughs> All right, Kevin. I'll talk to you later. All right, I'll see you, Paul. All right, there we are with another episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast, brought to you, as always, by our sponsor, Skyway Acquisition. Build your relationship with Skyway's team of contracting officers to help navigate your way through issues like excessive pass-through charges. Better to avoid ever getting in that situation than having to deal with it once it's happened. To learn more about having Skyway's team of consultants on call for you, give us a call at 877-884-5280 or go to skywayacq.com. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you next week.